0: Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 20 for Sunday, September 15th, 2013. I'm Nelson DeWitt.
1: And I'm John Younger.
0: And we are the creative team behind the documentary film Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. Can you believe 20 episodes?
1: Well, you've done a few more than me, but it, it is impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I was thinking about it, It's almost half a year. Wow. Well, um, you know, a couple more and then we'll be like half half a year. But, yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: 26, so 26 would be.
0: Yeah, so we're getting close. Uh, exciting. So today's show topic is called Fear and Filmmaking, and this is a topic that um, it's interesting to me because as I've been doing these entrepreneurial projects, I've learned that fear is such a big part of making art. And today I wanted to take some time and kind of talk about what we like some of the fears that we face as we go to release the film. And, you know, I, I hope this doesn't like descend into some kind of therapy session, but I think that it's an important topic and one that many creators face whenever they go to launch things into the world. So that's the preface of today's show. We're going to kind of talk about what scares us and, and how to deal with that and the maybe get into the science of, of uh, why that happens. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to say uh, if if you're still not subscribed to the newsletter, you should go do that. I think Next week or the following week, we are going to be opening up the Advocator Experience. We're going to start that, and uh, you can apply. We'll have a form set up where you just drop in your name, and we have a couple questions so that we get to know you, and then we'll be off. So that's coming in a week. Look out for that. The address to sign up for the newsletter is inbarfilm.com. I think that's it for now, right? Yep. All right. So on to fear in filmmaking. I guess the best place to start is with a little bit of background. I was first introduced to this concept of fear and the fear that comes when you're making art from uh, Seth Godin and Stephen Pressfield. Seth Godin is a popular marketer that I f- have followed for a number of years, and Stephen Pressfield is a writer and he did, I think, The Legend of Beggar Vance and many other books, but in the creative community, he's most famous for the book, uh, The Art of War. And a big part of that, he talks about this idea of the resistance and fear and you know self-sabotage that as you're working on any kind of creative endeavor, you sort of do these things to undermine your own creativity and a lot of that is based in in the fear response
1: and I'd say my exposure to it would be that much of my background in in TV and film is in the you know, what I sort of came up through is doing more of logistical producing and so I would be the counterpart to these writers they would whenever a deadline was approaching where they were gonna share something with the network or or, or whoever um, they would freak out, <laughs> and it was very unpleasant. And so that that it's very real to me. Um, and and otherwise nice people will just feel very vulnerable and and uh, get very agitated when when it comes time to share their work. And it's it's common. And I'm probably doing it myself now. <laughs> Well, so, um, but on the other end of it, my job was always to just keep pushing. <laughs> um, and so now I'm feeling a lot of sympathy for those people.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the reasons why we're doing this today, this episode and the podcast in general, is just so that we can be very open and honest with you, the audience, and, um, you know, share some of what we're learning and also some of our challenges and what our mindset is as we you know are on this journey hence the name inside the journey
1: and also because we're gearing up and we're going to put something out and we're and it's it's time and uh granted we're giving ourselves still a lot of time to do that but but we i think it's just sort of airing of these things and getting them out and being a little bit trans a little bit transparent about them and hopefully it's helpful to our process. So yeah. there you have it.
0: Now on to what scares us.
1: And I want to add like a two parter. Sure. Okay. Cause I think part of it for you, you know, like to get to the heart of it really is, is like, there's sharing creative work and then there's sharing your life, you know, because this is sharing your life. And I think, your family has been, in a very good way, protective about, about when it's time to do that and what gets shared. And so I'd, I'd just ask on your end, what's scary about sharing your story, period? And then what's scary about the artistic process?
0: That's a good, that's a really good question, actually. I don't know how much of sharing my story scares me because I, I guess I've been sharing it forever. You know, since I was 16, I've always just repeated this story and repeated and repeated and repeated it. And so I don't, you know, I don't feel anything from, you know, anxiety about sharing it or talking about it and telling people what happened. I think one of the things I've learned from this is that talking to someone about, you know, these really deeply personal issues actually makes it easier to deal with them you know, and that the hardest point in my life was when I kept it all inside and I didn't share any like, of so, it.
1: So you're you're rearing to go is the answer.
0: Well, yeah, I guess, you know, like, where did I write this? Some Somewhere I wrote down that like, since I was 16, I knew I would be here telling the story and sharing it. Because it's kind of like when you have this story, what else can you do with it but share it?
1: Are you scared of the way people might react to it? Or I mean, like when the biggest way we've shared it is when a, a very inaccurate version of it showed up on Huffington Post, right? Mm. And there, depending on the audience, there were a lot of like, very quick opinions formed, very derogatory things said about family members. Like, does that scare you? No, not really. People had strong opinions about what we were doing,
0: right. period. But as we talked about on a earlier episode, growing up as perhaps a citizen of the internet, if, if you want to put it that way, like I've seen this before and I know that people just say the most ridiculous, hurtful things in comments. And so I'm not concerned so much about what they're saying in the comments because it's anonymous. And I'm not worried about people hating it. I'm not worried about people liking it. But the thing that like, scares me to death is like people not loving it like not having people show up
1: not caring either way
0: not caring either way right exactly not well not caring enough to support what i'm doing or go out of the way or cross the street or whatever metaphor you want to pick you know that it doesn't move people
1: that they don't connect to it
0: right that they don't connect to it that i'm just here uh on my own saying the story and no one's listening you know like like that i think is the scariest thing that that and i I wrote this in a post that like you know i I was somewhat exaggerating but like this idea of waking up as a you know kind of starving struggling artist that no one cares about like that's you know that's kind of terrifying because it means that you're irrelevant you know that you're not you're not doing stuff that matters to other people, and I think that that means more to well, me than than.
1: Or, or even not only relevant, but you know, and when we talked about this in the beginning, it, it's it's, and and when you just talked about it earlier in this episode, it's people connecting to it. It's people, you know, your experience is outside the status quo, <laughs> outside whatever normal is, right? I guess. Um, and and so it's isolating if people don't don't connect to it.
0: Yeah, and then maybe on the personal side, it's it's uh being alone. You know that that like no one gets me. That that that's kind of where the fear comes in mm-hmm. on a personal level. The hardest time when I was doing these these projects and working on stuff was back in like two thousand and seven. Or eight when I was writing in as miracle and like no one was showing up, and you're pouring your heart out into the world and it's just met by crickets. It wasn't
1: having the effect you wanted,
0: right? Yeah, and at the best point in time, I had like 40 readers, I I think. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and I was just checking out our, our stats on the podcast the other day. And we got 40 downloads on the past couple episodes, which is mm-hmm. amazing, you know, to me. And thank you, everyone who's listening, because, like, it's it's so exciting, you know, that, like, you know, I'm producing this thing that is reaching people and that, that people are responding to. So that, you know, helps kind of ease those fears of, of waking up alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's. Let's flip the script here. Okay. And John, what are what are some of the things that you are afraid of?
1: Well, I just think doing a good job, you know, and I mean obviously I've put a lot devoted a lot of energy and attention to this and and it's not done yet and it should be, right? <laughs> um and life has gotten in the way, you know, I guess this is why documentaries take a little while sometimes is is other things sometimes have to come first to pay the bills. But, but that aside, I have to do a good job on this, period. I don't know, maybe that's sort of a self-sabotaging thing. Like, really, to do a good job on something, you have to take it step by step and, and do little pieces at a time. And, and maybe I just get overwhelmed with, like, okay, you know um
0: well you, you know the the i
1: probably i probably judge myself for it and that's that's scary i mean so and it's it's a and i think also it's scary to sort of walk this line of of i am inserting a lot of my my talents or my skills into it and yet it's a really big subject that's totally not about me and i'm not important to right I mean, there's there's a 500 missing kids 30 years later and families that have undergone type of suffering I can't imagine. And your story has something very important to say about that. And and, and so we just want to get it out there and do a good job with it. And so it's sort of I'm scared of what the balance of inserting myself versus not inserting myself is, you know.
0: But it's not that you aren't relevant to it. Well, I
1: don't know. It's not about you you know. Right. You
0: weren't affected by it. But, you know, like it goes back to that Derek Sivers uh, TED Talk, you know, how movements start. And it's this one guy and he makes um, the video is this guy dancing in a crowded field of people. And he's the only one dancing. And then finally someone comes up to join him and starts dancing with him. And then all these other people. Come and join, and then it becomes this big thing. And the point that Derek Sivers tries to make is that this person dancing alone, he becomes a leader only because there's this other person there, the follower, and he makes it so the first guy isn't a lone nut. You know, like because if he's out there dancing alone, then then he's this sort of crazy should, guy on his own.
1: The link to this, so people can see. We, we
0: will, yeah. And, and so I think that for me goes back to, you know, the, the that place of anxiety and fear of being the lone nut, right? And so I think that's one of the reasons why I agreed to do the film with you. Yeah. Right? Thank you.
1: And I think what I'm scared of is, is my job, my place, is to help you distill this story in such a way that it affects people. And uh, through my own shortcomings, you know, it isn't done yet. And so that's scary, you know, like,
0: well, why do you think it has to be done now? You know, isn't there this saying like it's done when it's done, you know, like I, I, I know we want to get it out in a timely fashion, but who's to say that the timely fashion isn't now. Yeah.
1: Right. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and I feel like it is now. <laughs> Um, I don't. I mean, it's just you know, fear of failure. It's, it's it's this this is my version. We we've done part of it really well, and and now and we've framed a lot of it, and uh, and now it's time to bite off the next little piece and 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 keep going because it can be just as um, impactful as the first piece, right? It the second piece is really what will tie your story to a larger story um and and so that's important and that's what we're working on now
0: so when when you were when you were pushing all those other crazy people right to to finish their their uh scripts or whatnot like did you Mm -hmm. see anything from them that helped that like allowed them to to keep moving or was there anything that they did
1: (laughs) A lot of those memories are very strong because it was with really, really crazy people. <laughs> so I don't I don't know that they're all uh, well. Certainly, some of them are good good role models to look at. But some of them aren't. Um, I don't know. Did I the one? I guess the ones that stick out in my mind most are the ones that were the craziest. <laughs> um, i mean was it was
0: it a, was I, I it a think, matter of just pushing through and and you know like locking yourself in a room i think
1: it's a matter well yes but it's also a matter of creating systems and having good organizational structures like bulletin boards with note cards and and uh, and just and trust and letting those systems lead you through because it really is it is a truly painful process to write you know a, a lot of people it, it it's it's a, I don't think this is uh, self-serving to say, like, it just is painful and that's a very common thing. And so I think that having systems and, yes, sitting down in a room and doing it, but also having a bulletin board or um, having some people to bounce things off of and get feedback and having deadlines and and also just having the time to do it, Um, just having a good structure is, I think, what you need to fall back on to get it done. I, I think also here's here's what I take from it too is like you know part of the internal argument about things like I can debate this version versus that version all day, but I'll still be stuck debating versions. And really, we want to finish this thing because we have another point to make afterwards. So if I want to go make that other point, I've got to come to some compromises with myself and get some solutions in place and and because i don't just want to be stuck on one thing to say I, I think there's there's other other points other parts of this story that you know we want to get to and address and and we can't do that until we get through this first episode one thing that sticks out in my mind is our interview with Suyapa Serrano because it, she was so incredibly dignified and i'll remember that interview for the rest of my life And I feel irresponsible that it's taken this long. She gave something to us, and I want to complete our role in it. And I Mm. and that's all there is to it.
0: So I think um, one more thing, and then we'll kind of wrap it at that. Um, You know, this is something that I wanted to bring up, but we won't go into too detail about. But one way I've found to deal with this that is extremely helpful is. Is understanding the biology of why we feel this way. And the short version of this is that there's a part of our brain that is responsible for this fear mechanism. And it's kind of bored in today's society. You know, like it, it, when we evolved, we had to worry about being eaten by a saber toothed tiger. But now we don't have that problem. And there's really, you know, for all intents and purposes, there's not a lot that's going to happen to us you know, we're not gonna get eaten by a lion or, or something like that. We're pretty safe. So this part of our brain kinda of gets bored and latches on to these projects because it it makes us feel like we're we're stepping outside of the tribe, that we're going out on our own and and that we're Are gonna you be
1: going all stuff going on me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I am a little bit because <laughs> this is what's helped me. So Yes, okay. Seth Seth Godin has this wonderful term called the lizard brain that he introduced to me that I think is out there. You know, it's kind of this metaphor for the actual biology, but you know, when you start to freak out, it always helps me to say, "Well, that's just my lizard brain." You know, and you kind of it, it gives you this a little bit of power and you can distance yourself from it because you're saying, "Yes, I feel anxious about launching this Kickstarter project about writing this post about this, but it's just my lizard brain, you know, and, and, you know, let me, let me step back and then I'll deal with that. But I, I know that it, it'll be okay. And it's just this part of my biology that's kind of going haywire at the moment. So like that to me, gives me a lot of comfort to be able to say to myself, you know, Oh, I'm just lizard braining.
1: Okay, you I've heard you use that a lot. Now I know what it means. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, I, you know, I I feel like that's a good place to wrap the show, both uh, because of time consideration and because, you know, as I said in the beginning, we don't want this to be like a crazy therapy session. We just wanted to talk about some of the anxieties that come up when you are producing something and putting it out into the world. So hopefully some of you out there uh, can relate and find this useful and have the courage to go produce amazing things yourself. Sign up to the newsletter if you haven't. Inbarfilm slash nl, and that's it for today. I'm Nelson Dewitt,
1: I'm John Younger,
0: and cue the music. And-